Welcome to the Business of Freelancing. On today's episode, we're going to talk about mastermind groups, why you want or need one, advantages of small versus big, and how to find a mastermind group and the black magic it takes to uh, do it well. And on this episode, we have Jeremy Green. Hey, everybody. Meg Cumby. Hello, folks. And I'm Kai Davis. Thinking about the, uh, the very interesting times we all are in together, the phrase resilience keeps coming up for me. And I know in my business journey over the last decade or so, one thing that helped me be a more resilient entrepreneur is a mastermind group. Uh, how about for you guys? Has a mastermind group you know, brought benefits for you or been a hassle? What's your experience has been like? Yeah, I've had great experiences with mastermind groups. Uh, it really helps a lot to have people that aren't as emotionally invested in what you're doing that are familiar enough with what you are doing that they can give you advice and help you kind of navigate things, especially when things get stressful and rough. Uh, you know, anytime that you're feeling emotional about it, you are probably not making the best, most rational decisions that you can, and it helps to have people that can kind of sanity check you and say, no, you're thinking about that the wrong way or whatever. Um, helps a lot. I agree. I think at a minimum, it forces you to explain things, get, get things out of your head and explain the challenges or opportunities you're facing. At, at, at the very minimum, just uh, I think uh, people use the expression rubber duck it, um, you know, rubber duck things like explain things to an inanimate object to, to just get things verbally and, and to be able to work your way through a problem that way at a better level, like, you know, if beyond that, it's just good to get, uh, like you said, that outside perspective, somebody who's not as emotionally invested in the decision to sort of like say, well, if you went through this, you know, what's the advantage of this option versus this option or what, what might be a path that you're not seeing getting, getting at that, that extra perspective on it from other people is, is huge that, that you trust. And, and like you said, that know you well, and it's not just some, I think when you do are able to build those relationships over time, it, 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 it helps even more. How do you guys find like, how, like, how do you find, I don't know if some, some, I think I've heard some people say like, it's so hard to find or like, how do, how do you find this magic way of finding a mastermind group or find the, find your people um, to, uh, to partner up with and, and have those mutual kind of discussions. For me, it's very much been a lot of it being in the right place at the right time. One of my first major mastermind groups where I actually met Jeremy was uh, Nick D's email list. He sent out an email, I need to start a mastermind group, anybody interested? And a handful of us said yes. And we came together and it was an awesome, awesome experience and so valuable. Aside from you know being in the right place at the right time and winning the luck lottery, I found the, find, the easiest way to find a mastermind group is start one yourself. It doesn't need to be like a 10-person endeavor. It could be like, yo, you and a friend once a week, once every other week, get on a call, talk through things, ask questions. Uh, uh, yeah, I think making your own luck is probably the best way to get started. Yeah, for me, definitely being in the right place at the right time and getting lucky led to my best mastermind experience. Um, Others that I've had uh, originated at conferences. So, you know, like at MicroConf, a group of people that were all uh, working on SASs, you know, we kind of started a little mastermind group that ran for a little while. Um, 
you know, I have a very similar story to just being in the right place at the right time. Uh, the Kai, like I had met, I had met Nick D the year before at uh, Bacon Biz Conf, um, and like at the conference, I heard several people just mention that he writes really good emails, and that you know, if for no other reason, just to observe how he interacts with his list, it was worth subscribing and just following along. So I thought, oh, what the hell, I'll subscribe and see what happens. And then a week or two after the conference, he sent that email about, hey, I'm looking to start a mastermind group for people that are interested in productized consulting. If you are interested in that, or even if you don't know what it is and want to learn more, hit reply. And I was like, mm. like normally my, my instinct on that would be, no. But for some reason I was like, maybe I'll give it a shot. And it, it turned out really great. Um, so part of it is just like taking a chance and, you know, it felt weird at first because we all kind of assembled in this Slack room and it was Nick who had met once at a conference and nine or 10 other people that I had never met before in my life. And those first steps of just kind of opening up and telling everybody about our businesses and what problems we we're facing, like just kind of getting over that hump kind of felt like a big uh, emotional risk maybe. Um, and it, it worked out well, but it, it's definitely necessary that you kind of have to lay it all out there and be ready for criticism and comments. And, you know, even if people don't mean it as criticism, mm -hmm. it'll, it can feel like criticism. Um, there's so like so much good stuff in what you just said there. I, I for, like for me, it's it's been putting myself out there first. Like like in a it, well, I think both of my masterminds that I've been in have had roots in freelance camp, uh, Kai's community for uh, freelancers, and but just sort of being out there and and being participating with people and like you know, that, that's, that's helped. So when you say like, you know, right place, right time, I think it's the idea is being engaged with people and meeting new people. It's, I think both have been around to like, how, how important is it for you guys to, to have like alignment of goals, like with the people other, like what helps bring a certain group of people together? Like, you know, what, or how important is it for similar goals, similar types of businesses? Like, well, how, what, I don't know how, what your guys' experiences with, are with that. I think alignment is super, super critical. Uh, in my eyes, everybody in a mastermind group needs to be in the similar type of business. So if I'm running an e-commerce store and you're running a SaaS and somebody else is consulting, we're going to be on way different wavelengths already. On top of that, there needs to be similar goals. If let's say I'm looking to get a day job and you're looking to you know, retire uh, financially independent, again, slightly different goals. The questions, the discussions, the challenges are going to be sort of out of sync with each other. So I think making sure you're in a mastermind with people who have that similar type of business. You're all consultants. You're all SaaS owners or similar goals. Hey, let's, you know, reach this uh, level as a consultant. Let's publish a book. Let's, you know, make a quarter million dollars as an indie. Let's see if I could do it. That helps you be on the same wavelength and just know where you're headed. So I think that resonance or that similarity is very critical. Yeah, I think alignment of goals especially is important. Um, and alignment on type of business to a point like I, I think you don't want to go too similar like 
you know, as myself being a Rails consultant, I don't know that a mastermind group with other Rails consultants is going to do me a lot of good. And in fact, like, I think you want to avoid perceived competition with other people in the group because that's going to cut down on your willingness to be open and lay all your cards on the table if you feel like somebody else in the group is competing with you directly for business. Um, like in the mastermind group that Kai and I were in, you know, we had people that were all over the map. You know, I'm a Rails consultant. We had people, that, a guy that was a WordPress consultant. Kai was doing SEO. A couple of, of other people that were doing different types of just business process consulting. Um, and so, you know, we were all having the same types of interactions with clients and facing some of the same questions about how do you structure engagements and how do you scope things so that it's easy to, you know, kind of have a one and done engagement and not find yourself roped into this, you know, never ending whirlpool of work, uh, those kind of things. But we weren't focused on, you know, Hey, I've got this tricky rails question and I need to figure out how to solve it for my client. You know, that was kind of, on my side to do that part. And it was about working on the business instead of working in the business. And that's kind of where the, the focus of the mastermind group should be, I think. Yeah. I've been in a mastermind group with a developer and like, I'm not a developer, obviously. <laughs> so I think we, yeah, it, it was an interesting, uh, you know, like I said, that you kind of focus more on the business problems than necessarily the, in and outs of the particular work you're doing. <laughs> yep. I think that's also another sort of another lever you could pull. Like, even if you are in the same industry or same niche or providing similar services, if you say, okay, explicitly, we're going to focus on, you know, the craft of doing business, not on writing code or doing SEO, but how we become better business people. Even if there is that sort of strong overlap, you're at least able to look at each other and say, okay, I can't figure out how to write proposals efficiently, or I don't feel confident enough to charge more, you can support each other in that area. I found, similar to what Jeremy pointed out, if there is too much overlap, it could get a little weird feeling, but if there's not any overlap, it could get a bit hard to see eye to eye. So it's sort of case by case. You figure out, okay, is this good? Is this bad? There's definitely like a squishy middle range of, we're still figuring it out, but it feels good for now. Mm -hmm. I'm curious for you guys, uh, what sizes of mastermind groups have you been in? Uh, I know for Jeremy and me, ours peaked at around 13 members, and so it was definitely on the larger side. But uh, what other sizes have you been with? For, for me, it's been uh, just two and three, very small, which, which has been nice. I don't like it just, it, you know, it lets the meetings be, I don't know, I don't know what everybody else is, you know, but like it, an hour is a reasonable amount of time uh, for, for, um, for a weekly, I think, yeah, both times I've done weekly and it's been with two to three people. Um, and that's, that's been nice because it feels like, yeah, there's enough time to, to um, give everybody the space that they need and, um, and allowed to meet on a, on a weekly or biweekly basis. Yeah, I've been in a couple of smaller ones that were, I think, four and five people. And neither of those worked out nearly as well as the one that Kai and I were involved oh, in. Oh. And I don't know if that's related to size or not, but I suspect that there is an element of size being there. 
And my theory is that when we had 12 or 13 people in the group, that that meant on any given day that at least two or three people were going to be somewhat active in Slack and be around to engage in conversations and answer questions and let somebody bounce ideas off of them. And then on, you know, days where several people were kind of having a slow day, we, it wasn't uncommon that we'd have eight or nine or 10 people kind of actively engaged. Uh, and those were very productive days just for kind of idea generation. And, um, you know, part of, for me, part of what's valuable about mastermind groups is getting to be a fly on the wall in somebody else's business and see them approach and deal with problems that I haven't dealt with yet because then I've got kind of a better mental model for, okay, I understand how I'm going to handle this situation or avoid this situation if I can, because that looks like it's not fun. Um, (laughs) And so that helps a lot. And just, you know, I think you have to find some way to sustain some minimum level of activity and engagement, or it's real easy for it to just peter out and, go to nothing. And that's, that's what I saw happen a lot with these four and five person masterminds is that the Slack room would be kind of busy the first couple of days. And then after that, you know, it just didn't seem like there was any momentum there to, to keep things going. On the other side of that, one of the challenges that we had in that group was with 10 people joining a call it's hard to even give everybody five minutes to talk about their business And, you know, so calls were kind of a challenge, but the Slack portion was really good. Um, One of the ways that we addressed the call issue was we started doing what we called the hot seat, where one or two people, it would kind of be their turn for that call to, you know, talk about what's going on, ask questions that everybody else could help get into. And then everybody else would just do a two or three minute, hey, here's what's up, you know, kind of general status update and then I'm going to take the rest of my questions or whatever to Slack until it's my turn on the hot seat. Uh, And that worked pretty well, I think. Uh, But it definitely feels different than if you've just got three or four people and every week you're kind of getting a little bit of magnifier time, you know. I hadn't thought about, because I haven't done it with like a lot of async communication. I hadn't thought about that as a, as a way to have a larger mastermind group by obviously having some Slack or some other async communication with each other. It's nice. Just a rabbit holing on like the tools for a minute. I've always loved having like an active Slack for a mastermind, just exactly as Jeremy put it. It's nice to be a fly on the wall, just see, okay, what conversations are happening? What's the pulse of these other members and their businesses? And pull information out, or just remember the continuity. Oh, three months ago, you were worried about X happening, and this kind of looks the same. Let me, you know, raise a question or say, hey, I think this is similar to that. Do you want to dodge it? So it's good to have conversations like that. It's good just to have a space where there's explicit permission to ask questions, answer questions, or even ask like nosy questions. Hey, saw you're selling the service offering. What do the margins look like on that? I got no clue. Not a standard or appropriate question, but in the context of a mastermind group, where that permission is given, it's a lot easier to both ask and share when other people ask with you. Mm-hmm. 
You know, I don't know what about that just just sparked off this thought because uh, it, it goes back onto like, why is it valuable to have them? But like, man, the accountability and to move things forward in your business that are the important things, but not, not necessarily the urgent things, like those things that will actually start to, you know, move you closer to where your goals are, as opposed to just getting sucked into client work all week. Like that has been one of the, probably the biggest benefit. Um, for, for a mastermind group for me. Yeah, it's a strong external motivator to head in a specific, head just in a direction, not even the right direction in your business, knowing that there are other folks asking, how's it going? Or mm-hmm. you can just say, oh, kind of want to move towards doing something like this in the next month. You've got some nice voices nudging you forward there. Just saying, like, I'm, I intend to do this. <laughs> like, it, yeah. It's so much easier to not break the promise to yourself when you've made it in front of other people, <laughs> I think. And, like, you know, not that anybody's there to, like, you know, like, everybody understands things happen, life happens, you know, all, you know, things, priorities shift. But it does avoid... Yeah, just the the not doing it because you just haven't gotten around to it. Just yeah, you know. <laughs> it's it's invaluable to have somebody there to say, "Why haven't you done the thing?" <laughs> <laughs> or or some version of that. <laughs> some some less. <laughs> I got my new ringtone for the week. <laughs> Why haven't you done the thing? I love it. <laughs> Another strong benefit I'd call out of uh, masterminds is really continuity. Like, even if nothing major has happened, you're just like, oh, I'm moving forward, to have other people who could say, okay, I know where you were a year ago. I know the general area you're headed towards, and I know what that intermediary path has been for the last six, 12 months, whatever. There's so much power in just being able to have a conversation or say, hey, I need to talk through this thorny issue. And you don't need to explain like, okay, this is what a podcast is. I have seven of them. This is why that's important. And like, catch them up on it. Your mastermind members already know the background details. You could get right to the meat of the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think about that like in contrast to like when I'm talking with other people that probably know my business, but like they don't necessarily know the ins and outs of everything I've tried or what I'm working on or what my situation is, like my, what the surrounding circumstances are. It's nice not to have, um, I, think, I think it's great that every, when everybody wants, to, like, you know, I, I certainly value anybody's input, but it, it's more valuable input when somebody's familiar with the situation and isn't, isn't necessarily giving the vice a little more blindly. Um, that they can tailor it a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, ideally the people that are in your group sort of know about you and your goals and what you value and can help, you know, take into account more context than just, oh, what does that do to the bottom line? Uh, Mm -hmm. Because, you know, there is more to life than that. And you do have to balance priorities and, it really helps to have people that sort of get that and can help you kind of hit the target a little bit better. Mm-hmm. One thing that I think it's important that people keep in mind in, is that in the mastermind group, it's sort of a, it's not a mentorship and it's not, Hey, I've got all these people that I can ask questions to and somebody's going to tell me the right answer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's about everybody sort of collectively pitching in to help everybody find answers together. And 
one of the things that I sort of had to get over in the beginning is if somebody would ask a question, my instinct would be like, oh, I don't know the answer to that. I'm not going to say anything. And really, I think it's, it helps a lot if you can kind of get over that and just be willing to spitball about things with people and say, well, I don't know, but here's how I would construct my mental model of the situation. And here's how I would approach it. And here's what I would hope would happen if I approached it this way. And just that talking through and, you know, helping people see possibilities that they might not have seen before is really helpful. And, you know, you don't have to just, you don't have to be right. You have to be involved and engaged. Um, Even just asking more questions. Like it's, it's funny how many times somebody will say like here, I'm thinking, should I do A or B? Just asking mm -hmm. what, are you hoping will be the outcome of doing A or B? <laughs> like, where are you mm -hmm. trying to move towards? Are you, are you hoping it'll bring you more money? Are you hoping that it'll increase your profitability, get more customer? Like, what, what are you actually trying to accomplish? Uh, like, you know, to do, you know, should I start a mailing list? Asking why you want to start a mailing list. Yep. That and, sort of thing. <laughs> and sometimes it's helpful to say, so this may be a dumb question, but why not do C? And sometimes the answer is, oh, my God, I hadn't even thought of C. That's a great idea. <laughs> and, you know, it's just helpful to have people around to ask questions. Yeah, so, so in a sense, like a successful, healthy mastermind group, the outputs aren't the exact answers. The outputs are conversations to help you or the group at large have a better understanding of the situation and possibilities for what to do next. Agreed. I'd say, I'd say that's ideal. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just to even, yeah, I think, I think so. And then like I said, it, that combined with just having, once you do decide what path to take on something, just to have that check in with someone to see, like, you know, if the blockers, yeah, it, it just helps you do the thing. <laughs> it gives you one more reason to do the thing um, because yeah. And not put it off till tomorrow. <laughs> Um, so Kai, you had mentioned earlier about, you know, kind of creating your own luck and starting a mastermind group. Uh, and I know that you were involved in the administrative side of the one that we were involved in. Could you talk just a little bit about that and sort of how you think about molding and guiding one of these things and, you know, helping to keep conversations going and all that sort of thing? Yeah, good question. Uh I will have to keep myself short on this because I have an hour on this. Uh, uh, in terms of like kicking it off and getting started, I think just something as simple as, okay, like I want to focus on this type of business, let's say consulting, and I'm working with this type of clients. Let's say uh, software as a service. If you want to start a small mastermind group, figure out like, okay, what goal am I aiming for over the coming year? Maybe it's make more money, take more vacations, feel just generally better about business. And then think of one or two or maybe three folks that you know who maybe meet all of those criteria or some of them. They're also doing consulting or they're also involved with SaaS or they have a similar goal and just reach out to them and say, hey, I'd love to start a mastermind group. Let's try it as an experiment for three months if you're game for it and it would work like this. You know, we get on a call once a week or once a fortnight. We have a Slack channel. We can ask questions of each other in it. And really the ultimate goal is to help support us or anybody else who joins in achieving that next level in their business. And it definitely is a bit squishy. There aren't absolute guidelines on what to talk about, but I found something like that works to at least get an idea started. And 
even just starting with one other person is great because you could get some processes down. You could just figure out what the vibe is, what the flow is. And then after a couple of meetings, as you have a stronger connection with that initial person, say, okay, who's another person we should invite to this? Or do we want to invite another person to this? And slowly grow it over time. I found that's a nice, gentle, stable way to uh, keep it moving forward. In terms of keeping it active, let me think on that for a second. For me, it's always come down to trying to hold a space in the digital space or the physical space and just ask uh, reasonable questions to get to a better idea of what the other person is looking for with their next step or their current project or help them get a better idea of what they're looking for. So that might just be being a little extra active in the Slack, making sure somebody's available or I'm available. If somebody says, oh, I have a question around this, even if it's just to say, I I have a bunch of questions around that too, what's top of mind there for you to almost extend permission for that other person to start sharing more details or go a little deeper. That for me has always been great in a number of Slacks or mastermind communities, just as a way to almost demonstrate to other people that it's okay to ask questions. It's okay if you don't know the answer. It's okay to just be there in the conversation. And I've often found by modeling that, other people start imitating it or seeing there's permission there as well. And that vibe just sort of uh, uh, spreads across the mastermind group. And as a whole, people are a little more active or a little more engaged with each other. Can I explain any of that better or that tickle any spots to dive deeper? Yeah, no, I I think that's pretty good explanation. (laughs) <laughs> and I think the the thing about kind of modeling that it's okay to ask questions and show that you don't know the answer and provide details when and where appropriate, you know, that definitely helps and you need that. Mm-hmm. I have a question about, have you guys ever, like, so like I love the idea of putting a time block around like to ex- try it out and see if it works out and no hard feelings if after three months it's not nobody somebody's not you know digging it and can you know part like how does you know is is has there ever been a situation where like you get into the mastermind group and then like maybe a cup maybe maybe not everybody's the right fit for the like you know where and may, like I don't know has that ever happened like and if so does that person generally see like receive you know see that themselves and you know I don't know <laughs> I've recognized it a few times for myself, like, oh, this, these folks are wonderful, this mastermind is great, but they're all e-commerce and I'm over here in SaaS land or something similar. And I'll often ask myself, okay, is there value I could provide to the other people if I have that time? Or are there questions I have around the space that, or the topic space this mastermind is? If not, I'll often bow out or say, hey, you know, super constrained on time right now. I love all of you guys, but I'm just not able to commit to this mastermind at this point in time. In terms of recognizing if somebody else sort of isn't on the same vibe, I don't really have a lot to share there. It's not something I've experienced or gone through. Yeah, I've definitely seen people, you know, say, hey, I just don't have the time to commit to this or, you know, even, hey, you know, when we got into this, we were trying to do X and I feel like I and most of you have gotten there and I need to focus energy on other things. Mm -hmm. Love you guys, but I'm out. Uh, You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like most people seem to be pretty self-aware, like, uh, like it. And that's the nice thing. And, but by, by putting that time limit at the beginning, you can let people bow out without any, like I said, just to say like, Hey, you know what? It like, it, it just, it doesn't put that decision point 
it gives people an articulate, not that people can't bow out earlier, but it's nice to yeah. say this is an experiment and just see if everybody jives. And if not, that's totally fine. I felt like I had to, I think uh, the mastermind group that I was part of, uh, the three person one, like I, uh, when I, I think we had paused for like a couple of weeks or something like that, just because of different commitments. And then I sort of realized, you know what, this is sort of been, this has been great this particular time, but I think our goals are starting to diverge a little bit. And, um, uh, and so I just felt like, yeah, that was the right time that that was the right amount of time. How long did, do as your guys' masterminds lasted typically? Uh, is that, is, I wonder if there is a, well, I don't know if not typically for everybody, but yeah, for, for ranges of time. When Jeremy and I were in, I want to say it was four years, maybe five, a good amount of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one I was in starting in 2017, we set out, I called it a charter. Uh, we set out a charter for it to be a nine month mastermind. And then people opt in for another year once we hit that mark. And it worked really well. Some folks just naturally sort of churned out or said, life mm-hmm. is busy right now. And that gave a nice opportunity to add new people into the mix. Hey, you know, we're down to people. Who would be a good fit? Who do we know that would vibe well with us? Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. I, I have seen in a couple of masterminds, though, that similar to what Jeremy said, if we sort of hit a point where we've reached a goal and there's not a clear next step or goal to move us mm-hmm. forward individually or as a group, it can kind of peter out. We're like, what am I playing for? What am I aiming for? I don't really know. And if everybody sort of gets into that headspace, there's just less velocity forward and it sort of stalls. Kai, have you ever had to deal with like uh, conflict resolution or, you know, hard feelings in a mastermind group and kind of try to, you know, negotiate the peace and get everybody back to play nicely with each other? <laughs> a, a couple times. It's, it's a challenge, especially, I shouldn't say it's a challenge. It can be hard, but I don't think it's impossible. It it requires a willingness as like a moderator or an admin in the mastermind group to be present with the other folks, understand like, okay, you're veering this way and you're veering that way because of some belief you have. It's not that you're wrong here. It's just the expression of it might be coming out a little incorrectly or a little harsh. And I've often found success in not even coaching, just like being present and encouraging the other person to uh, see that their idea is valid, but the way they're expressing it might not be. And encourage folks to step away from the computer, take a little bit of time, go on a walk just to give themselves a more mental space. So challenges and conflicts do come up in any groups of humans. I mean, that's just human nature. Yeah. Being okay with it, being mm-hmm. a little prepared with it, and being willing to roll with the punches does work well. In some charters, I've even said things like, hey, the oops, ouch rule is fine. Sometimes I'm going to unintentionally say something wrong or piss you off please say like, hey, oops, that hurt my, or ouch, that hurt my feelings. And I'll say, oops, so sorry about that. Like, (laughs) I will do better moving forward. But I think it's impossible to expect there to never be conflict, but it's entirely possible to expect that most conflicts can be resolved with communication. I think that's the biggest thing. Like, you know, if nothing's, nothing good can come from not communicating well. (laughs) Like setting expectations, setting boundaries, setting... Uh, telling people like we none of us are perfect and we're all flawed human beings so just big news there sorry to break it to everybody (laughs) but but just to like you know sometimes you can get caught up and just not see 
people interpret words differently and, and, and uh, yeah, everybody's got different personalities and what might not, what might seem like you're trying to just give something helpful. It may have come across in a more, yeah, may not come across the right way. And just, I think checking in and just saying like, I don't know if you can, I don't know what the mechanisms are for that, but it's, it's always helpful to say like, would this be helpful or is it like, what kind of feedback are you looking for here? That kind of can help avoid, I find some of the, like just let's say giving advice that's not necessarily being sought for, or I don't know, there's different, lots of different ways you can take that. Yeah. And that's tricky because, you know, kind of one of the things you want out of a mastermind group is to occasionally get some unsolicited advice. About, <laughs> you know, Dude, you are totally screwing that up, <laughs> you know, or, or whatever it is. Uh, and yeah, you know, it, it is important. I think that you just want everybody to sort of have a, an openness to mm-hmm. new ideas and the idea that, oh, okay, just because I've been doing it this way doesn't mean I always have to do it this way. Uh, that sort of thing. Being willing to, yeah, well, and that's, yeah, yeah you, you, like I think we've brought up a couple times, just being open to criti- constructive mm-hmm. criticisms that, like, I don't know if that's really the right, you know, <laughs> or like maybe you're, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd encourage you to push yourself in this area or <laughs> something like that. You know, I think we yeah. all need a little push or, or sometimes just some like, I think too, like, you know, when you get eyes on, let's say your website or something like that, just being open to that feedback that might be like, I think maybe that's more this where criticism might come in, uh, at least in my experience is saying, well, this doesn't really speak to, you know, you need to improve this and this is this, you know, and I, speaking as someone who's edited a lot of things and used to be an editor, like um, your words can be very precious <laughs> to you when you've written them and worked so hard on it. And it can be really hard to hear um, somebody say, tear it down a little bit, you know, kindly, but you know, it's, it's hard to say like, well, this doesn't really work and you need to change this. It's like, but I just spent six hours on it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yep. but but you need to be open to that to improve. Because, like, if if your friends in your mastermind group are thinking, that, what the heck are your customers thinking? So, yeah, true. While it might be harsh to hear, like, you know, the sales page is ugly, it's better to hear it from a friend or a colleague in a mastermind group than six months from now when a customer is like, yo, your sales page sucks. Or to have it be sucky and never hear it from anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, it's better to get it from a friend. Better to get that nudge. Yeah. And, and to be open to that, like, just be open to that uncomfortableness. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, like, let's put it out there and get the feedback. And it's okay if, and where I go with the editor brain too, it's so much easier to point out what, for people evaluating copy, for example, it's so much easier to point out what needs to be fixed versus what's working fantastic. <laughs> so just to be mindful when you do that. Thinking, thinking big picture on like what a mastermind contributes or the value of a mastermind, uh, I'm realizing this conversation helped nudge me in a different direction. I used to think of masterminds more as you know a re- resource sharing collective or coming together, sharing resources. But more and more, I'm starting to see masterminds as a way to get exposed to new information. That information might be, hey, here's a course I took and it's great. It might be, your sales pages kind of are half-baked. Like There are ways to make it better and they don't suck, but you can make it a little stronger. So it is a bit squishy in terms of like the absolute value of a mastermind, but more and more I'm seeing that information and feedback from other people as being the true 
most valuable part. Is there anything that people can do to like, I think we've talked a lot about like what, what you can do to like make things work well, but is there anything else that we haven't talked about it that can like set up for success or like, you know, or. Honestly, I'd say be willing to roll with the punches, dear listener. If you're starting a mastermind or joining one, the first one might not luck out. I got really lucky with my first one and it was a positive multi-year experience, but there are others that like three weeks in were like, oh no, like I love you. I love your business. I do not love this mastermind. Let's hit the cancel button. And that's okay. You've gotten more information. You've learned what could work, what didn't work. And that's going to help you have the next or the after that or the next after that mastermind be that much better. So be willing to see it as an experiment. Be willing to, you know, get messy, make mistakes and realize, hey, I know how to make the next one even better. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing about rolling with the punches and just be comfortable with the idea that what it looks like in month one is not what it's going to look like in month three, which is not what it's going to look like in month, month six, and that you're going to learn a lot as you just go through the process of trying to do a mastermind group and you should plan for things to change and know that they're going to change and realize that everybody involved is probably figuring it out as you go. Um, and it's just because, you know, people are all unique, individual, weird creatures and you put six or eight or 10 of them together and you're going to get weird combinations that are hard to, you know, pull out of a textbook for, okay, here's how you should do things. Uh, and so you got to find whatever's going to work for the group of people that are involved. And that's probably going to be somewhat different group to group. No, for sure. I mean, if you don't, if you're not willing to try and be okay with something not working out, you won't, it's, it's far less likely you'll find that right group, I would think, or like, or, and when I say right group, I don't know, like there's no one right thing, but like find a good group that could help you um, move things forward. Like, yeah, but if you, if you don't try and start connecting with people, I mean, that's, that's, you know, like anything in life, you got to try and see what works, see what doesn't adjust without the negative feedback. You're not going to know <laughs> like negative feedback in terms of trying something and having it maybe not work. <laughs> and then you say, okay, here's what didn't work for that. What is it? That Edison quote, uh, when he's like trying to invent the light bulb, like, and there was like 500 things that had, it was like, it tried a thousand things before one worked. And he's like, after 500, his assistant said, like, we've learned nothing. He's like, nope, we learned 500 things that didn't work. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he didn't say nope in it. <laughs> and uh, now it's time for our picks. And uh, one thing I'd love to recommend this episode is the book Nonviolent Communication, A Language of Life by uh, Marshall Rosenberg. I first read this book, Amazon tells me, back in uh, 2012. And it has become a longtime companion of me in personal relationships, business relationships, or in a mastermind group. Understanding what nonviolent communication is helps immensely. So dear listener, strong recommendation from Kai. If you're a longtime listener of my podcast, you probably heard me recommend this two or three other times. And that's because it's an awesome book. Please go out and order it. Uh, Meg, how about you? Yeah, thinking on the like, what we we're just discussing about mastermind groups. If I, one thing that's helped me uh, just organize everything, <laughs> including like shared projects is, is Notion. 
and I know people have, Notion is like a lot of people love it. Some people aren't into it, but I've, I've so grabbed onto Notion in the last like six, eight months um, for sort of designing uh, both for like organizing projects that I'm working on for, for sharing um, documents with people. And it just, it, I love the all in oneness of it and not switching between apps. Like I can use it for to do, I can use it for a journal. I can write my uh, yeah, work in it and keep track of projects where they are. And um, that's been um, a lifesaver for me for, for a while. So I've, I've never, I've never grabbed onto a piece of software. I don't think quite as much as I have notions. So. <laughs> highly recommend people check it out. And Jeremy? Uh, yeah, I'm going to pick uh, Company of One by Paul Jarvis. Uh, it's a really good book uh, that has sort of put into words a lot of things that I've sort of thought and felt about how I wanted my business to be uh, for a long time. Like I've never really wanted to do the whole go from consulting to growing an agency thing, but that sort of is what is sort of expected or at least a lot of people assume that's kind of where that's going. Um, and so it's kind of nice to, you know, realize that other people have some of those same thoughts and ideas and um, it's just really good. If you're into the kind of deliberately small but sustainable uh, company idea, this is a really good book that talks about a lot of those ideas. Amazing. And listener, you could find links to all of those in uh, show notes for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Business of Freelancing podcast. Remember, friends, tune in same bat time, same bat channel for the next delightful episode. Until then, have a great week.